This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty. 1-800-919-3776. That is the number to join us on this Monday edition of the show. Also at Hardesty ESPN at ESPNNY 98 underscore 7 FM, along with Brian Good Vibes 365 Mungia. We're here until midnight. Then it's Freddie and Fitzsimmons on 98.7 ESPN. Thank you for joining us on this Monday night. Hope you had a very interesting, happy, healthy, safe sports weekend. You know what we say. Let's go to work. We begin with the New York football giants. And yesterday they proved a point. It's a point that we've been looking for from this team. It's a point that we've seen happen. It's something that we're not really surprised at, nor should we be. Because you've watched this team improve week after week after week. And now you're looking at a team that I dare say is as hot as anybody in the NFC East. Stop laughing at me. I know they only have three wins. Stop laughing. But when you think about it, who's playing the best football in that division right now? Hmm? Yeah. Defensively, who's playing the best football in that division right now? Hmm? Yeah. And guess who hasn't turned the football over in the past two weeks? Hmm? Yeah, Daniel Jones. So everything is pointing in the right direction for this Giants football team. And that's a good thing because you would, not that you are happy that you only have three wins, but what you're encouraged by is you're seeing a team with growth. You're encouraged by you're seeing a team that's lessening the mistakes. And you're seeing a team that defensively, pitched a shutout on third down yesterday. And one of the biggest criticisms of this Giants defense has been several things. Number one is, well, they don't get off the field on third down and they give up huge chunk plays. All right, so yesterday they gave up one huge chunk play. And that was, what, a 50-yard running running play. Okay. Not great, but it was only one play. So that's an improvement because they used to give up a lot of those plays. And also, they used to not be able to get off the football field. And when you hold a team 0 for 8 or 9 on third down, the way the Giants did yesterday, and 1 of 3 on fourth down, you put the Philadelphia Eagles in a position where they could not execute. Now, there were some things, and listen, you give the Giants credit defensively, and you also look at Philadelphia with the side eye and say, so where's this Carson Wentz? Where's the Carson Wentz that put this team on his back in the post, uh, leading them up to the postseason last year? Where's the Carson Wentz that really got them going and had them playing really good football late in the season and how you thought it should carry over to this season? Yeah, you know they had injuries. They had injuries on the offensive line. They had injuries with receivers. They had injuries defensively. But these players are coming back, and there still doesn't seem to be a really good synergy and chemistry with these players. What is going on in Philadelphia? Even though they are struggling, their talent should tell you that they are better than how they play right now. And so if you're an Eagles fan, you're wondering, like, what the heck is going on with my team? And I had an interesting conversation with a couple of NFL people today. And they were saying to me that it just looks as though that something is not right in Philly. Now, they're not there every day. They're not, they're not embedded with the Eagles. They're not like a beat reporter. But they know football, and they know a number of things from people that they speak to around the league. And the feeling that they got was something, there's a disconnect between the offensive line and the quarterbacking. Now, we've heard for years about how sometimes players on the team, not really big fans of Carson Wentz. And so they're playing almost like they don't believe in him. They're playing almost as like they they don't have the confidence that he's the guy that can take them and move them up and down the field and and turn them into a winning team again. And it's ironic because yesterday was the first time that he didn't have a turnover in the game in the last eight games, which had been the longest streak in the National Football League. So they played a better game. Some of the play calling and some of the decision-making wasn't the great. So, And I think what confounds it to you and compounds the the criticism that the Eagles are getting today is very simply because they were on a bye week last week. So for two weeks, it looked as though that they weren't prepared to face this Giants team. And I like what Rex Ryan said on Get Up This Morning with Greeny 
on ESPN. And he said very simply he enjoyed the move that Joe Judge did the night before the game Saturday night. Well, what he did was he showed all the hard work, all the hustle plays, all the teams, all the plays of the team swarming to the ball, all the positive plays, and said to the Giants, this is who we are now. This is the team we are. We, we're not that team that makes mistakes. We're not that team that turns the football over. We're not that team that can't get off the field. All the things that people said that we weren't, we're not that team anymore. Through your hard work and your effort, we have grown. And so from that standpoint and the video to reinforce what he was saying, it was a different Giants team that went out there yesterday to face the Philadelphia Eagles. That's one. Number two, which is clear, is very simply, they already had confidence that they should have beaten the Eagles a couple of weeks ago. And they let the game and they gave the game away. So here was a situation. Here was a mindset from this Giants team that they believed that they were they had beaten the Eagles before. They allowed the Eagles to get back in the game. And this time they were determined not to beat the not to let the Eagles beat them. And they weren't going to beat themselves and give the win to the Eagles. The other thing that I really liked is, once again, and I know I say week after week after week, but it's true. I have to give him credit. Jason Garrett is a really good offensive coordinator. He might be a better offensive coordinator than, than he was a head coach in Dallas. Now, first couple of years, he was okay. But what you're watching him, he just seems to be in really good synergy with Daniel Jones. He just seems to be on the same page. They just have a great working relationship. And it's something that's getting better and better week after week after week. So I'm very curious to see how this moves forward for the rest of this season. As I mentioned, Giants have a bye week this week, something that I'm sure they don't want. I'm sure they would rather be playing on Sunday because when you're on a roll, you don't want to stop. You want to keep going. And so right now the trick for them is to maintain that edge and come back and try to knock out as many wins as you can when you come back from the bye week. And that's a very simple thing. They have a couple of of uh, games with the NFC East. I think they have one more game left with Dallas. I think they finished with everybody else, right? Twice with, twice with Washington, twice with Philly. So they have another game with Dallas. And listen, they're going to be favored in some games. That, well, they may not be favored, but they have a really good chance to win. They got a chance to beat Cincinnati. Who's on their radar? They, they've got a very good chance to beat Cincinnati. So they've got a couple of games that they could possibly steal some wins. All right? So, um, you know, it, it, it's going to be interesting. And for the young players, I would like for them to find a way to play meaningful games. Of course, the playoffs right now are in the, you know, a wish, a hope and a dream, wishing and hoping, singing and praying. But to have meaningful games in the last month of a season for a young team is excellent. Helps build character. And listen, if things fall right, you never know, right? We're taking steps. Um, no, we still have a long way to go, but we're definitely taking steps. I definitely believe that we're a better team today than we were three weeks ago. Um, and, you know, that show, you know, three weeks ago, we lost this game, you know, in the final minutes. And now we found a way to, to hang on. So, you know, you just build off that, man, and keep – Keep executing, keep getting 1% better day in and day out. Jabril Peppers, one of the reasons why that defense is really, really good from the New York Giants. You're listening to ESPN New York tonight here on 98.7 ESPN. 1-800-919-3776. Also on Twitter at Hardest to ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. He's part of the reason why this team is turning around and they're gaining confidence every single game. And I'm telling you, Joe Judge looks like he's doing a really good job there. I'm not ready to say he's the guy, but he's, in, he's, done, he's got a nice start. Looking at the record aside, because remember, this, is a re, this should have been a rebuilding year for the Giants. Should have been a rebuilding year. You still don't like the amount of losses that they have. You still don't like the seven losses. But at least they were in every game. And while that's while they are obviously – no participation awards giving in the National Football League. It's a team that's learning. And you like what you're seeing because they're trending in the right direction. Off to the phones we go with Bruce from Flushing. Bruce, you're batting leadoff on ESPN New York tonight. 
Hey, Larry. How you doing tonight? Doing great, Bruce. What's happening? You know, hey, I'm listening to the radio, and the, the, most of the guys, not you, Larry, but most of the guys in me don't get it. I don't care if the, the Giants win the division. It'd be nice if they did, but that's not the point. The point is, is that this team is better now than was when it first began this season. Every aspect of this team is better than it was when it started the season. And they're teaching them how to win. They're teaching them a a, a new culture. And I guarantee you what happens this season, and especially in the second half, will help transform this team into a playoff contender next year, barring injuries and and whatever. And this giant team didn't have this for years. And, and the coach came in and said, okay, this is how we're going we're to do this. And, you know, I'm wondering if, if Saquon is sitting on a TV watching this offensive line and said, hey, couldn't these guys do this when I was playing? <laughs> I'm but, sure he is, Bruce, and that's one of the big changes, too. I mean, let's look over the past couple of weeks. The offensive line seemingly has come together. I mean, look, the rookies had a couple of issues, had a holding penalty in the big spot last night. They took a touchdown off the board that, you know, it turns out they got it back later. But, you know, that's going to happen. But for the most part, you didn't see Jones running for his life the way you've seen him. I mean, I hit a couple of times, but you didn't see him running for his life the way he's done previously. No, the, the offensive line has definitely improved. And the defensive line has gotten better. The linebackers have gotten better. Um, this amoeba defense, I get, they're getting used to. And mm-hmm. I hate to break this news to all the giant haters and the anti-Gelman fans, but Gelman looks like he may have been writing a few things. They were Giants were killed, viscerated by many people, including ESPN, when they created Odell. Well, let's see. They, they said the bell prep is it was no big deal. And he's 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 like a Swiss Army knife, and that defense can do several different things. They got they got Dexter Lawrence, and that deal is is helped form in this team. And you 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 look at the other things. Now we both crit, criticized the Williams trade. We mm-hmm. both did that. Yep. But this guy is probably the best defensive lineman on this team right now. It's unbelievable. Bradbury was a good pickup. <laughs> yes. The linebacker was a good pickup. So, you know, Gallon may make some mistakes, but he's rectifying those mistakes, and you can actually even say he might be doing a good job. Well, I tell you what, the coaching definitely has changed and made him look much better, Bruce. I will give you that. Thanks for the phone call. Because clearly – uh, you look at Leonard Williams as an example. Now, other than Leonard Williams' 2016 season when he made the Pro Bowl as an alternate, he has he has transformed himself into the player that the Jets thought they were getting when they drafted him. All right, what the, the Leonard Williams you see now that has all the pressures and the hits on the quarterback and has the sacks consistently, other than his Pro Bowl year when he made it as an alternate and he wasn't that good. He wasn't this good, but he was very close to it. And there was the concern, and there was conversations. Well, should he be outside? Why is he inside more? And the fact that they, they move him in, he, he's usually a tackle. Occasionally he, he's at the end, but he's usually a tackle. The fact that he is pushing the pocket back and getting hits on the quarterback, that's what the Jets drafted. And now that's what they see, and the Giants have been able to. And, you know, Coach Graham has done a nice job in coaching him up making him understand what he wants from him, what he needs from him, and how he's really attacking the quarterback. And he's doing a very nice job in it. Richardson Manhattan joins us next on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, Richard. Hey, Richard. All right, we'll check him out later. But I want to get back to that because when you see what Dave Gellerman has come under, the fire that he's come under, and some of it rightfully so. But the the adjustments he's made with the offensive line and the adjustments he's made defensively and the free agent signings, like Bradbury has been, I mean, our Dan Olofsky said he is right now playing top 
four corner in the National Football League right now. The way he's playing in the secondary, top four. He is really, really, and is probably playing the best on that on that in that secondary right now. And Jabril Peppers is is number two, basically because he's all over the secondary. <laughs> he's all over the place. So that's why you say that with him. But it is such a difference when you look at how this Giants team is performing. And you know what? Of course, part of it is the quarterback. Let's listen to Joe Judge. Joe Judge was talking yesterday about Daniel Jones. And you can see the difference. We'll hear from Joe Judge in a minute. And one of the things that really caught my attention was when Daniel Jones was running in a crowd and you saw him have not one but two hands on the football held close to his chest, where he, leaving no space for the defender to try to punch it out from behind. No, no, no chance. And that's the hard work. That's the coaching. And I know that some in the media had said that, you know what, usually in situations like that, and I've heard coaches say it, normally when the when players make the same mistakes over and over again, they sit them. So this way you'll understand what I'm talking about. Well, when we speak playing time, that's when you get that I'm serious. <laughs> when I'm sitting you down, then you know. And so that was part of the conversation that was going on amongst the media that with all these turnovers and turnovers in consecutive games, was that going to be what it needed to happen with Daniel Jones? Well, apparently not because he's really worked, he's worked, he's worked. And for two, I'm not trying to, Put the jinx on him, but for two straight games, he's had a clean football game. Let's hear what Joe Judge says about his quarterback, Daniel Jones. I didn't learn anything new about Daniel today. You know, I've known that the entire time working with him, and I think we all have internally, and that's why the team has so much confidence in Daniel, and that's why he is our quarterback. You know, we're going to play aggressive with Daniel, and he's done a heck of a job of making the plays when we need it and, you know, making better decisions as we go on throughout the season. This guy's a young player who's developing. He's learning a lot every week. You can see his improvement week to week. Um, you know, sometimes there's, you know, sometimes there's something you want to get off the tape, and he understands that. We correct that in practice, work it hard. Um, but there's a lot of games he's played where maybe there's a blemish that takes away from the 99% of the really good football he's played. Um, but Daniel continues to really be an improving player. He's a tough dude. He's a really tough dude, mentally tough and physically tough. And that, you know, that really spreads throughout our, our entire team. When he steps in that huddle, you know, there's 10 guys looking at him knowing that he's going to be the one to give him the answer to what the problem may be on the field. Joe Judge, talking about Daniel Jones, who's played very, very well the past couple of weeks. Let's turn our attention to the Brooklyn Nets, and for that, we are happy to be joined again by Christian Winfield. He covers the Nets, also the Knicks, for the Daily News. Christian, good to be back with you. How are you? Larry, if, let's just think about this. Yesterday, the Lakers you know, announced, or it became known the Lakers were going to trade for, for Dennis Schroeder, right? And in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, this is a big deal, right? You're adding the point guard to LeBron James, giving us some help. And now we're talking about potentially creating a super team in Brooklyn uh, and just the excitement that's been around it, um, just watching what's been able to unfold and, and seeing everything that's happening with these Nets. Is, it's just kind of brought a lot of the excitement back uh, to the league. Remember how long we've had to go without basketball uh, due to this pandemic, and now uh, we've got basketball coming back twice in the same year. Uh, it's a lot to be excited for if you're a Nets fan and if you're a fan of teams across the league, you might not be too happy about what's happening. <laughs> it's interesting, that's for sure, Christian. So, I mean, there's there's several different combination of players to make this happen. First of all, how real is this? How realistic is it? You know, it, it depends on who you ask, right? If you're asking James Harden and you're asking Kevin Durant, you think it's 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 something that can actually happen, right? These are two guys, two superstar guys who want to play with each other, uh, and so be it. Stars have their ways, but not not so fast. If you look at it from the Rockets' perspective, they don't necessarily want to deal with Brooklyn, right? This isn't coming from teams. It's not a team source that's reporting that, that these teams are trying to trade their players. These are two players who are you know, outwardly showing that they want to play with one another. Uh, the issue here is going to be that the Nets don't have the – best trade package available. You have to go over and look at Philadelphia, where Ben Simmons uh, is someone who I, I think the Sixers would love to move to put James Harden next to Joel Embiid. 
Uh, and if you're looking at that from a Rockets perspective, Ben Simmons is a generational talent. The one thing that's been holding him back uh, is just the roster composition of that Philadelphia team around him. Uh, and if you have an opportunity to get Ben Simmons back for James Harden, you do that 10 times out of 10. Uh, you also take a look at what the Warriors have, right? And, I, and this is something that I've written about uh, in the Daily News extensively. The Warriors have that number two overall pick. Uh, and, and they also have Andrew Wiggins. And they also have a combination of draft picks moving forward, including their own 2021 first-rounder uh, and the Timberwolves 20, 2021 first-rounder as well. So if the Rockets are in asset acquisition mode and they're trying to build for a future beyond them, uh, they can potentially work out a three-team trade where you send Ben Simmons to the Warriors, send James Harden to, to the Sixers, uh, and now you've got assets, you've got young players, you've got the second overall pick who could be James Wiseman. If you want, it could be LaMelo Ball or Anthony Edwards. Uh, there are a number of, of options the Rockets have. So in a way, it's kind of like a crossroads. James Harden doesn't want to be there, right? So do you want to build around uh, Ben Simmons, right, who's a, a talent who we would love to see unlocked, right, no matter what you feel about Ben Simmons you want to see him free pushing that ball up and down the floor uh, and really hitting his shooters out there you may want to build around you know Manoa Ball is is a great point guard prospect we've seen what he's been able to do uh, and then you look at what the Nets have they've got Karis LeBert you've got Spencer Dinwiddie uh, you've got Jared Allen that's a great trio there but is that is there a generational type talent among them and James Harden is a generational talent that's, there's no question there's no denying that uh, and if you're going to give one up you got to get something close to that. So that's where the Rockets are looking at this. Yes, James Harden says he wants to play in Brooklyn, um, but what is the best deal? And think about it from here. James Harden still has three years left on his deal. You know, $133 million paid to him uh, over those three years, and he turned down an additional $100 million, uh, on top of that, which the Rockets offered him today to stay. So it's clear he doesn't want to be there. But it's also clear the Nets don't have the trade packages that other teams have. So now it's everyone's in an interesting position. How are the Nets going to respond? Is anyone going to move to try to help the Nets in terms of throwing uh, other assets in there? Are you going to make a three or four or five team trade? This 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 whole situation has kind of put the league at a standstill because we don't know uh, what the Rockets are going to do. If the Nets were able to make this happen, skepticism and people who are you know, wondering how this is going to work, the first thing they're going to say is, okay, Durant, Kyrie, James Harden, one basketball? How does that math work? <laughs> you know, it's interesting when you say that because, yes, right, these are three guys who score. These, are, I mean, these aren't just the best scorers of this generation, right? These are three guys who we can say are some of the best scorers of all time, James Harden triple-double machine, right? He's a guy who can go out there and break anyone's ankles, get to the rim, step back, shoot a three, get to the foul line. He can get he can get points on the board in, mm-hmm. in such a variety of ways, and so can Kyrie Irving, right? Kyrie Irving, you know, we only got 20 games of Kyrie Irving, but if you ask anyone who was at Barclays Center for those 20 games, or well, for the home games of those 20, uh, Kyrie Irving is, he's a show, right? He's going out there and he's giving the fans what they want. Uh, and he's doing it, you know. Sometimes, you know, sometimes it's going to take it's going to take him quite a few shots to get them. Other times, you know, he's doing it very efficiently. I think he had a 50 point game earlier this season, and he may only missed maybe four shots or something like that. My numbers mm-hmm. might be off, but the guy can score, and he can, he comes up big. Uh, and then you look at Kevin Durant, who I mean, if you if you want to talk about one of the best scorers of all time, this is somebody who's seven feet and he's scoring like he's six three. And it just doesn't make sense. And on top of that, he rises to the occasion uh, in, in in crunch time moments, like we saw against LeBron James in back-to-back NBA Finals. These are three guys who can get it done. Um, but these are three guys who have also had issues gelling with those around them, and that's where some of the skepticism comes in. So I understand where there may be some hesitance on putting this type of trio together, but you've got to understand you've got a chance to do something legendary uh, and put together a, a trio that we may have never, ever seen before and that we might not see again. Uh, these are three guys who are going to be Hall of Famers, right? And if you have a chance to put them together and say the goal is to win, uh, I think they figure it out. Now, who sacrifices? I'm not sure because someone at the end is going to have to. Maybe it's Kyrie Irving with Steve Nash that has the head coach. Maybe Steve Nash gets Kyrie into floor general mode. Uh, maybe it's James Harden. You know, maybe it's Kevin Durant. We don't know what Kevin Durant is going to look like coming back from this Achilles injury, right? But these guys are going to figure it out, I, I think, right? If you're putting, if you're banking on these three guys uh, winning you a championship, they've got to figure it out. Um, but 
they've got to get there first, right? And there's a lot of roadblocks in terms of putting together a deal to do that. No question about that. Christian Winfield's my guest. You're listening to ESPN New York tonight on 98.7 ESPN. Christian, let's say hypothetically they don't get James Harden. Is this team good enough? Because there's rumors that they're, they're looking to move Spencer Dinwiddie. Are they going to be able to sign in and, and keep him? I mean, I would think so. If they're, if they're able to bring in James Harden, they should have a little money left. <laughs> yeah, you know, and this is the other side of that coin. And when I think of this, it almost reminds me of the vetoed trade uh, that almost sent Chris Paul to the Lakers, mm. right? Because mm-hmm. after that trade, the fallout in Los Angeles was almost like a breach of trust, right? You had to trade certain guys because they couldn't believe that they were just basically traded away, and the only reason they were still there was because the trade got vetoed, right? And now you've got a situation in Brooklyn, right, where you've got guys who, you know, if, if you've watched the Nets for the last four years, you've seen Spencer Dinwiddie and Karis LeVert and, and Joe Harris, even Jared Allen recently, you've seen their progression yeah. uh, in the Nets. Some people call it the farm, right? These guys develop players uh, like it's a science. And you look at Karis LeVert, who's on the brink of, taking over this team last year, right? We're seeing him become a star last year. We watched what he did in the Orlando bubble. Uh, we've seen Spencer Dinwiddie just steadily improve to where now there's trade interest, right? It used to be, oh, who is Dinwiddie? What kind of man is that? And now this is a guy who's going out there and getting you, he's winning these games, right? The last game the Nets played before the coronavirus pandemic, Spencer Dinwiddie goes to Staples Center and hits a game winner. He's from L.A. Best moment of his career out there. That's how far he's been able to come. Joe Harris is in the position where he's about to get paid bank, right? He's about to make a lot of money. Uh, you can argue that doesn't happen if he doesn't end up with the Nets, right? He had to bounce around. He played in Cleveland. He played, you know, he had to bounce around before he actually stuck and developed into a complete player. Now we see him not just hitting threes. He's coming off the dribble and finishing at the rim, finding teammates. You would have never thought that was that was happening. This was kind of these guys' team for a little minute. Jared Allen, you know, he's, he's a shot blocker now, right? Last year he had a whole campaign where he's blocking Anthony Davis and, and – Giannis and LeBron, Blake Griffin, he became a star shot blocker here. And now he's, you know, if you're trading for James Harden, you're starting with those three guys. And then depending on what Joe Harris does, he's either going to be in a sign and trade or he's either going to leave or maybe he stays. Who knows? Um, these are guys who are, are about to be, they're being dangled out there, right? Like these, these guys want to trade for one another. You have to give up everybody that's not Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and probably DeAndre Jordan. So there's that. That's the flip side to this. Yes, it's interesting, but you've got players who are in in limbo basically now. And yes, it's the business of basketball, but sometimes that's not that easy to shake. So if this deal doesn't pan out, that's another storyline to, to monitor. How do guys continue to trust each other when they were basically almost traded away and, and they couldn't get it done? If indeed the Nets are able to make this move, a lot of people are saying, "Boy, that's really." For for a rookie head coach and Steve Nash, that's a lot of uh, yeah. that's a lot of talent slash personality slash egos to deal with, uh, but it's also for him. It's a nice problem to have, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, and this was part of the uh, I don't want to call it outrage, right? I don't think outrage is the right word, but there was a side eye when when Steve Nash got this next job, um, despite there being several other qualified candidates, specifically candidates of color, you know, the representation in the NBA uh, is just not equal to, you know, a league that's 84, 85% black. You don't see that representation among head coaches. And some thought, you know, this might be an opportunity where, you know, no matter who steps into this role, you're going to have success. You know, if you tell me uh, just to throw a name out there, Mark Jackson or, you know, Jacques Vaughn, you could leave Jacques Vaughn in there. You, mean, you could even, just to throw a, a non-person of color, you could throw Jeff Van Gundy, the head coaching job, sure. right? Mm-hmm. Um, anybody who has Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, and, and James Harden, you're automatically going at least to the, the – you're making a deep playoff run, right? I don't want to hear that the, the head coach is going to be the difference between this team. You know, maybe the team – I, I will agree. There might be a difference between that head coach – being the difference between getting to the second round of the finals and taking the coach to the championship, right? And that's what the, the Nets have to be banking on, that Steve Nash is that difference. Because if they don't win a championship or they don't at least make it to the finals and this and this team has the composition to do so, you're handing them a team with three future Hall of Famers. If they don't make it that far, then it's like, okay, well, what about the other more qualified candidates who have worked with stars before, who knew what they were getting into? So, that, that's an entirely different conversation that just happens to be intertwining with the storyline of this team right now. Uh, yes, it's a great problem to have for Steve Nash, but at the same time, 
uh, it'd be a great problem for anybody to have, having three superstars on your team, and you just have to figure out a way for them to figure it out on the floor. It's a great problem to have, uh, Christian, but it's also a lot of pressure because you're expected to win when you have that type of talent on the floor. Absolutely. This, team, this, this is what this team signed up for. And, and when you take a step back and you think about four years ago, <laughs> this team was at the bottom of the standings, 20-62. Mm-hmm. and 62. It didn't get any worse than that. Uh, and, and that's also part of, you know, it's a, you have a little bit of pause with, with what's happening right now because when you think about how the Billy King Nets were constructed when they went and went all in on Paul Pierce and went all in on Kevin Garnett and Jason Terry and those guys that were getting up there in age and were clearly not the same as they used to be, uh, that ended miserably for the Nets, right? They had to go three years, four years as the laughing stock of this league. And if you're pulling off this James Harden deal, you understand that you're losing everything. You're losing your draft picks, and you're losing you're losing your your young players. You don't keep anything, so you're going all in on a guy like Kyrie Irving, who even though I just gave him all the praise in the world for how the Barclay Center is night and day when he's there, he only played 20 games. Yeah, uh, and he's he's you know in 70 games. He's, I mean you know he's only played more than 70 games in in three of his eight years in this league. You know so. It, there's, there's that, and there's, yeah, then there's Kevin Durant, who we don't know in terms of how he's coming back from, from his Achilles injury. What does that look like? Now, I've seen video of, of what he's been able to do in workouts you know, out west, but that's different from playing full speed back-to-back. You know, he's going to have to have load, man. It's gonna be a, it could be a different type of Kevin Durant that we see. Mm-hmm. And James Harden still has a lot to prove. Yes, he, he's a guy that can go out there and get you points on a nightly basis, but we've seen there have been those these moments in his, in his career where he just hasn't been able to deliver in, in crunch time, specifically in the playoffs. So, you know, there's a lot that's going into this, and it's a very, it's a, it's a huge gamble, you know, by, by Sean Marks. But when you have an opportunity to do this, uh, when you have an opportunity to put three of the best, as I've said, three future Hall of Famers, three of the best scorers in this league, uh, and you know that guys are going to take pay cuts, right? That, that's mm-hmm. how it goes. Once you see there's a, there's a team that is a championship favorite, okay, veteran guy comes in, all right, I'm taking the minimum. Uh, I'll sign at the mid-level, even though I can make $20 million elsewhere. You know, guy, you, you watched it, right? David West took, what, the veteran's minimum to go win the championship with the Warriors after making how much? Almost the max player where he was yeah. before. Like, guys take these pay cuts. The Nets are going to be able to fill out their roster around them, right? You're going to get guys who can play. You know, at this point, once you've got three stars, you need role players. You need guys who are going to go out there, get rebounds, block shots, hit threes, play defense. You need somebody coming off the bench. Uh, you got to kind of follow the Lakers model, what they did last year. Anthony Davis and LeBron James, and you've got guys who can shoot threes, grab rebounds, a couple playmakers. That's what they're going to have to do. Uh, but if it doesn't work out, uh, it's a huge gamble, and it's almost like deja vu all over again, <laughs> like when the Nets just uh, moved to Brooklyn not too long ago. Well, Christian, you've got uh, some interesting um... – some interesting times to write about over the next few days. If the Nets keep their draft choice, if it's not sent away, we'll see what they do at number 19, and we'll talk to you after the draft and see what's going on. Thanks for a couple of minutes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, All right. My pleasure. All righty. Christian Winfield covers the Nets for the Daily News. Join us also on Twitter at Hardest ESPN at ESPNNY98 underscore 7 FM. That's where we ask you to participate in our poll question tonight. Do the Nets need James Harden to win an NBA championship? There's rumors that he could be headed this way. Some early polling would make Net fans think that they really don't want James Harden. We'll update the poll and get your thoughts on it as well. And also, does this put extra pressure on the Knicks to actually try to, well, alternate their plan just a bit? Maybe it's not just we'll wait and slug our way through the draft. Maybe maybe Russell Westbrook doesn't look so bad at all. Hmm. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Well, there's one player that's the Nick fans don't have to worry about. We'll share that with you next because it's time for... Now here is the top news stories of the day with Larry Hardesty. We'll talk about that and tell you who that is in a minute. We begin with the New York football giants who kept their playoff hopes alive with a 27-17 win over the Eagles. Big Blue raced out to a 14-3 lead in the first half off the strength of their ground game. Daniel Jones, as he's done many times this season, lethal on the zone read plays that were called for him. Ran untouched into the end zone on a 34-yard zone read keeper, which was different than the last time he almost made it into the end zone against Philly. Yeah, it was uh, good uh, 
felt good to, to get in the end zone and, and uh, you know, we, we did a great job uh, blocking it up there. Uh, you know, Austin Mack came down uh, and, and made a big block there and, uh, you know, just kind of opened up for me. So, um, you know, tried to just tried to stay on my feet that time and, and uh, get in the end zone. Yeah, he did a good job. Didn't fall down this time. Running back Wayne Gallman scored the first of his two touchdowns early in the second quarter. Giants now three and seven, and they find themselves in the thick of the race for the NFC East. But Wayne Gallman says, you know what? <laughs> we know who we are. We're not so much, you know, trying to show everybody what we are. We just know what we are, and we're just doing it as a team. Um, just coming out, keeping the main thing the main thing, and just playing hard, man. We practice too hard. We work too hard, you know finally let some light shine by the way eagles did not get the first down they turned it over on downs chicago has a chance to well not the way they're playing <laughs> has a chance for a late drive on the incomplete pass that was almost intercepted philadelphia quarterback carson Wentz says you know what that giant defense it was really good credit that defense they definitely disguised a lot of looks and, and brought all sorts of different pressures and made it tough on us and um they played a great game and and we you know we didn't we didn't do enough to win by the way Foles got hurt on that play he's laying on the turf so there'll have to be another quarterback brought in for the bears for the second straight week daniel jones hey guess what didn't commit a turnover a fact that leads our mike greenberg who you can hear monday through fridays at one here on 987 espn to say the giants have their quarterback I think they've got him. If they find themselves in a position to trade back, they should. I don't think they will because there's only two quarterbacks in this draft people will kill themselves for, and the Giants are going to be pick, not going to be picking high enough to get either one. But my hashtag KOD is for their quarterback because I think he's good. I think they have a quarterback. I think they just need a little patience. They got a coach who I think the team likes playing for. I'm impressed with what I see there. Speaking of quarterbacks, Jets head coach Adam Gase said Sam Darnold will not play Sunday against the Chargers in L.A., Donald appearing on his weekly spot on the Michael K show says surgery has not been discussed. I was asked, will you be back before the end of the season? Talking to a bunch of people, you know, we think it's it's better that, you know, I come back and make sure that it's 100%, you know, I make sure that it's 100% healed before I come back because I don't want to go out there and hurt it again. So, you know, I just got to stay the course right now and do what I need to do to get back health. Obviously, yeah, yeah, I'm confident. Again, I just got to do everything I need to do to get back. And that was the that was the key was, you know, making sure that I, when I do come back, I'm 100% healthy so that I, you know, don't have any more setbacks. Well, moving to the NBA, Nick fans, you don't have to worry about Chris Paul coming to the Big Apple. He's going west. Wodes with details of Paul's trade to the Suns. Chris Paul is headed to the Phoenix Suns. Uh, he'll go in a multiplayer deal from Oklahoma City. And now the Suns and Robert Sarver in the Western Conference, they become a real factor in this Western Conference race. Devin Booker very much wanted Chris Paul uh, uh, in this trade and, and really pushed the organization. And now Chris Paul is headed uh, in a package that I'm told is going to include Ricky Rubio, uh, uh, Kelly Oubre, uh, Jalen LeCue, a 2020, uh, a 2022 first-round pick from Whoa. Phoenix to Oklahoma City, who now have 17 first-round picks Whoa. between now and 2026, uh, and Ty Jerome, who was a draft pick of theirs last year uh, in Phoenix. So, Wodes, what does the Chris Paul trade mean for Phoenix and OKC? For the Suns, bringing on Chris Paul at this point in his career off of a tremendous season, really re re recreated his value again with the Thunder last year. There were those who thought Oklahoma City might have to give an asset to get his contract off, and instead they get some good young players. They get another first-round pick. Uh, but the Suns, who played great in the bubble this summer with Monty Williams, Chris Paul, this is the first time in a very long time Robert Sarver has had this kind of leadership uh, with this organization and, and Chris Paul gets a chance to be uh, with a, a young team with very much of an upper trajectory in the Western Conference. Speaking of trades, will Houston and Brooklyn play Let's Make a Deal? Well, you've heard about it. It's conversation. James Harden real interested in coming to Brooklyn to be a part of the Nets to join Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and company. So, Woj, how realistic is Harden to Brooklyn? How hard does James Harden want to push for this? Okay. And he is under contract in Houston, but uh, Russell Westbrook is already on the market, would like to be, would like to play elsewhere. And you know, there's a sense that this Houston 
uh, uh, infrastructure may be uh, breaking apart. And and if Harden decides that Brooklyn is the place he wants to be and really starts to push the organization on it, you know, I think that's the momentum that it's going to take to get him uh, to New York. You know, Brooklyn has uh, some assets and young players and potential picks and all those things that you're going to want. But a player of James Harden's caliber, Houston's going to have to get a monster haul back to justify trading, you know, maybe one of the two or three best players in the NBA. Uh, Nick Foles has been carted off. This is not good. Mitchell Trubisky already suffering from a shoulder injury who was inactive tonight. So Gray will come on and quarterback for the last uh, couple of plays in this game to see if he can get a win for the Chicago Bears as they trail the Vikings 19-13 with 37 seconds left in the game. Continuing on the James Harden conversation. So, Wolves, how could Harden end up in uh, Brooklyn? And if Harden decides that Brooklyn is the place he wants to be and really starts to push the organization on it, you know, I think that's the momentum that it's going to take to get him uh, to New York. You know, Brooklyn has uh, some assets and young players and potential picks and all those things that you're going to want. But a player of James Harden's caliber, Houston's going to have to get a monster haul back to justify trading, uh, you know, maybe one of the two or three best players in the NBA. So aside from that, how, if this happens, Wolves, how can the Nets afford Kyrie Irving and KD? They have an owner in Brooklyn and Josiah who is willing to go deep in luxury tax and having three max players and a player like Joe Harris, you're going to have to re-sign in this offseason. Mm-hmm. It would be an expensive proposition. There aren't a lot of teams in this pandemic right now who would be willing to spend the way the Nets would be to have to do, to do a deal like this, take on Harden's money long term. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. But listen, the Nets will try to figure it out. And listen, for all those folks who said they don't care about defense, they traded for defensive-minded guard Bruce Brown from the Detroit Pistons. That's top stories. Thank you, Brian. A couple of uh, items to tell you about. Pelicans are nearing completion of that deal that sends Drew Holiday to Milwaukee for Eric Blitzel, George Hill, and three future first-round picks. Remember, Milwaukee already owes Cleveland a 2022 first top 10 protected with additional protection in 2023. That's top and 25 to 30 and a 2024 top eight. So a lot of movement there, right? A lot of movement. Besides the three future future first round picks, according to Worlds going to New Orleans, there's also pick swaps included in the deal per sources. So all in all, this is shaping up to be a draft compensation package similar to New Orleans deal for Anthony Davis with the Lakers. So it's a pretty good move for New Orleans, too, because they get some they get veteran and young talent. You know, so that's that's pretty, pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. The word on Nick Foles injury from um, Coach Nagy says it's either a leg or hip injury. You'll find out more at the top of the hour with uh, Freddie and Fitzsimmons here on 98.7 ESPN. Speaking of our shows, who will be atop (laughs) Gordon Damer's poop (laughs) rankings tomorrow morning, 5 a.m.? You can't say the Jets because they were off this week. So who's going to be atop (laughs) the poop rankings Check out Gordon Damon and let me know tomorrow night when we join you following Carlin on 98.7 ESPN. So that's Gordon Damon from 5 to 6. Then Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin, Jeff Dickerson, the Bears reporter. He'll, of course, have even more information on the Nick Foles injury. Jeff Saturday, Agent Will Janowski, who have more of the trades that's going to happen before the draft. Hugh Jackson will talk about life in the NFL. And Jay Williams will talk about the draft as well. That's Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin. You'll find them after the Gordon Damon show and right before DPH or Canty and Rothenberg who've got Mike Tannenbaum on their show tomorrow morning at 10 on 98.7 ESPN. Off to the phones we go. Sam is in Brooklyn. Hey, Sam, you're next on 98.7. Um, hi, Larry. Thank you for taking my call. What's up, Sam? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I'm I'm a big net fan, but I really don't think that J- James Harden is going to work out with Kyrie Irving because I think they're going to both want the ball, and I don't think they're going to gel well together. And Ky- and KD's gonna want the ball too, Sam. <laughs> so yeah, you well, know. go ahead. Well, Durant's not a point guard, so I'm not so so much worried about that. But Harden likes to take up the ball and drive and everything, and I don't think it's gonna work out with Irving. Well, here's the thing, Sam, and thanks for the phone call. Just because KD is not a point guard, KD can handle as good as any point guard in the NBA. He is as talented a player as there is in the league. Size, skill, 
shooting ability, range, very good defender. Uh, he's got he's the total package, and a tremendous scorer. So that would be the that would be the job for Steve Nash, Mike D'Antoni, and the rest of the coaching staff to try to make that work. If indeed they're able to make that happen, and that's a process. And fortunately for them, if they're able to make it work, it would be during a what, 70, 72 game season? I don't think it'll be 82. 70, 72, 75 game season, whatever it turns out to be. And then, of course, you have the playoff situation. So they've got time to figure it out. Franz in Massapequa joins us next on 9870 ESPN. Hey, Fran. What's up, Larry? How you doing, baby? I'm doing good, man. What's going on? You're the man. Just want to say one thing, man. I'm a Bears fan. It's an absolute disgrace the way they're playing. They got high school coaches. The calls are terrible. The offenses run terrible. And it just goes to show you in the NFL, if you ain't got a quarterback, you might as well pack up the bus and go home. They look pretty they bad tonight, Fran, and, and they have struggled. And I know they benched Mitch Trubisky because, you know, he was inconsistent play. But I'm telling you, I hope his shoulder's better because they're going to need him back because I, I don't know if this kid Bray is going to be the answer. They're going to have to make uh, a move. They're a, Larry, they're a disgrace the way they run. And I'm a, I'm a huge Bears fan. It's just yeah. it's terrible. They have, you know, it's just, you know, it, I didn't like the Foles move. I think he's over the hill. They, the Philadelphia got every ounce out of him they could get. Mm-hmm. And guy, it's just terrible. And I'm, I'm really upset, man. You're the man. Have a great night. And it's just, they run the team. They run the offense like a high school team. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't have a lot of offense tonight, friend. You're right. Thanks for the phone call. Carl's in Rockland. Hey, Carl, you're next on 98.7. Hey, Larry, long-time listener, first-time caller. Well, welcome in. Glad you decided to talk to me. Listen, what people don't understand about this Russell Westbrook thing, by the time his contract's up, what is the age of Mitchell Robinson and um, R.J. Barrett? Are they going to be 24? Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) 24? So so what they're going to learn from Russell Westbrook, we're still in great shape as long as we don't give them up. Why is everybody so down? This is an MVP, Larry. Well, I think, Carl, part of it is this, my friend, and thanks for calling. Uh, part of it is very simple. It's because Nick fans are burned. They're very they're concerned that you pay a whole lot of money for a player. You're not close to winning, and he's going to be soured. You're like, what happens? He doesn't want to play. You still owe him the money and you still haven't gone anywhere and you're right back where you started from. And there is, and Carl, if you're a Nick fan, you know, there's a list of bad free agents slash trades that this team has made over their history. I I, I don't want to do it to you. I mean, you know, players who were really good, like Glenn Rice. Glenn Rice was a very good player. Plantar fasciitis, hardly played, did not, wasn't the same player with the Knicks. And the list, I don't even want to go that. The list is, is just, it goes forever, Carl. And so I think fans are just concerned. Here we are. We got the opportunity now. We got young players. We have money to spend. We've got a new coaching staff. We've got a new front office who we're told uh, has, you know, knows basketball and a new scouting staff that have, we've seen their track record in other cities that they've delivered the goods. So I think Nick fans are just kind of patient to want to see where this takes us. Eventually, though, Carl, the team is going to have to bring in some people who is a named player that can play along with these kids because if Brooklyn makes that deal with Harden and they bring them over here and they're going to be, you know, (laughs) people are going to say that they're going to represent the East. They're going to say it's going to be Nets and Lakers in the NBA championship. The Knicks are going to be irrelevant, and they can't have that situation here. So they're going to try to make a move. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. Trey's in Brooklyn, Texas. Joins us next on 98.7. Hey, Trey. What's going on, Larry? Everything is good, my friend. What's happening? You know, this this, this whole trade with this with, with, with Jim, you know, is, is <laughs> Larry, come on, man. I mean, <laughs> Larry, Larry, first off, you're going to have to purge your whole damn roster to get this man here. A lot of folks are going to go. The whole, Larry, <laughs> I mean, and for the Nets, I mean, I'm telling you right now, if the Barclays has fans in it, they better be playing second time around by Shalimar when they, <laughs> when, when, when they let fans back in because this will be the second time that you have purged your roster yeah. to try to go win one quick. Yep. 
You tried it over there when you brought up uh, the, the the joke from the Boston with Kevin Gardner. What's his name? The joke? Is that what it's called? Yeah, the joke. You're talking about Paul yeah, the Pierce, joke. the legend? The, the joke. The Paul joke. Pierce, Jason Terry, yeah. and Kevin Garnett. Man, and I'm three. talking about brought Brooklyn nothing but a couple of jersey sales. Yeah. Yep. You see what I'm saying? Yep. And, and and you know what? You're still going to be set behind us in, uh, on that back page, man. You know that. It's the Knicks. Mm-hmm. This is, we run this city. Yeah. Good or bad, we run this city. Yep. This is a Nick town, bro. It's always going to be a Nick town. I love, I'm from Brooklyn. I love mm-hmm. Brooklyn. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you got to understand what this is. This is a business thing, man. This is That that deal is going to go to Philly because they have more. They they can offer more. Yeah. You know no what question. I'm saying? I just don't, I don't see it happening in Brooklyn, man. I really don't. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it would be a contingency plan because we're also talking about Kevin Kevin Durant coming off of a a, a very bad injury. Yeah, and he's not going to play eighty two games or seventy two games or whatever they're proposing to play. So that that would be the only good side that I would see of it. You have another offensive, uh, you know, minded player on the floor besides Kyrie. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But you who also Kevin Durant, who also takes time, unfortunately, because of injuries during a season. A- absolutely. So he might, you might see Jim Jim Harden be out there by himself. You might have to get Mike D'Antoni in small shorts that he used to wear when he played overseas to go play with him. Because if you get that guy there, I'm telling you now, you're going to have to purge your roster, yeah. and it's going to put you in salary cap hell. Yeah, and you yes. and you'll be a whole bunch of. You know how this works with the super teams, Larry. Mm-hmm. You go get a super team, and then you have to pay a whole bunch of old dudes on veteran minimum until you run out of money. Am I lying? No, you're right. That's what happens. Larry, man, please. They're going to have Larry Nance Sr. over there on the bench. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they gonna have to, they, they might have to sign Dr. J. <laughs> no, they got Horrible. enough for Dr. J. They got enough to pay Dr. Yeah. J to come back. They owe him <laughs> They got enough. They, they owe him from before. <laughs> I was just about to say, they still owe him. Yes, right. But I, yeah, I just don't see it happening. I'm scared for uh, Nick Foles, man. That was not a good injury. I'm, it was I'm, not. I'm praying for Leg and him. And that listen, was not. you know, and and you know what's funny? It's amazing because Breeze, who's got multiple rib contusions and a lung issue, okay, walked off. <laughs> so you look, you're wondering like what happened with Foles because they carded him. Yeah. It's scary. that was pretty bad. And yo, real quick, Larry, I know you yes. up against it, man. Shout out to Alex Smith, man, because that. Unbelievable yeah, what that guy number. did yesterday. That's unbelievable, man. That's called testicular fortitude, Larry. That, yep. that 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 showed a lot of it yesterday, man. I'm I'm I was so happy for him. I, I you know, you don't root for them, but I'm definitely rooting for that guy, man. He really showed out yesterday, man. No for question. real. He really did. All right, my friend, we'll talk again. Talk to you tomorrow. All right now. Our poll question at Hardest the ESPN at ESPN N Y ninety eight underscore seven FM. Do do the Nets need James Harden to win an NBA championship? Just under 62% of you said no, sorry. Over 38, just almost 39% of you think that you do need him. So it'll be interesting to see what the Nets decide to do, and we'll follow that for you here on 98.7 ESPN to just see uh, what's going to happen with them. Do, do they make that move, and what will the Knicks do? I'm very curious to see as we get closer to the draft, which is on Wednesday night. That wraps up this edition of ESPN New York Tonight. We thank you for joining us. Brian Mungia, outstanding job as always. This is ESPN New York Tonight.